1: And welcome to Grassroots Marketing and our preview coverage, our pre-show coverage of the 2023 No Co-Hemp Expo. Thanks again for joining us. And right now with me, I have a a best-selling author who is an engaging, humorous, and sought-after speaker appearing across the country at book festivals, libraries, industry conferences, and more. Featured on Fresh Air with Terry Gross on NPR, as well as All Things Considered, the PBS NewsHour. So NPR is is in, and the PBS uh, NewsHour as well. So... Public television, public radio, you've heard this gentleman, and now you're going to hear him on Cannabis Radio. He's the author of Rocky Mountain High, A Tale of Boom and Bust in the New Wild West, which is available for reorder on Amazon. Finn Murphy joins me here on Grassroots Marketing. Thanks for being on, Finn. Great to be here. Thanks for making time to join us. So as I go ahead and look at the book, uh, you were a long haul trucker, and then you settled in Boulder County, Colorado. So you've been around in Colorado for the whole move up of cannabis and for hemp there in the space, and you wrote a comic chronicle of a wild year following your great American dream, and you pivoted away from growing hemp and decided to make yourself a middleman, trying sheds in the side of the football fields, battling with freezing temperatures, colder bankers, and assembling a collective crew of workers. So it's the story that you bring together, overcoming odds, and decided good. let's just change this, to something entrepreneurial. And then you come together and we get to hear the story of building. Tell me about this. Give me a a little more of the, take me where where I just picked, pick up where I left off. There we go. Sure.
2: I'll pick pick it up right there. So um, I started this in uh, March 2019, which was um, just a couple of months after the uh, hemp had been legalized under the 2018 Farm Bill. And in Colorado, where I was, uh, all the talk everywhere was about hemp and how this was going to be um, the new panacea and and was going to solve the problems of small farmers in the West, or particularly in Colorado. And it was being, uh, you know, there was a lot of hype and there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of support from the Colorado Department of Agriculture, uh, the USDA, and there was money pouring in all over the place. If you, I think you were around at the time, I think um, all of your listeners are going to remember uh, what the what the scene was at that time. And so I got in on it at that point for similar reasons that many other people did. Uh, I was a small farmer and I was scratching a living raising cattle and trying to grow stuff, and nothing was really working because of the climate
1: and because of you know farm problems in general. And hemp looked like a great answer. So in the experience you've had working with this hemp farm and with all these folks that you have here, the people, some of the people that you actually refer to as trimmigrants very funny. So what are the, you found out, and this is before, right before pandemic, before COVID. So everybody that could have been in this space as hemp farmers, probably there are a lot of people that suffered and might not have made it past COVID. Uh, what are the, you could tell me about in the book that, of the, the real hardships that you, you went through, while trying to get, and then again, you you could get yourself away from something that was consistently paying, trucking, and going into this and putting your own business. And you had done in your own business before this. I had done about uh, ten.
2: <clears throat> excuse me. Stop there. Sure. <laughs> I had done about ten startups, all small businesses. So you know, I'm not some kind of tycoon. I had a, a couple retail businesses and some wholesale businesses, whatever. Um, so, you know, in a way, I was. I was a poster boy for many of the people that got into hemp you know, during that time frame, which is, I had very little agricultural experience, um, but I did have, I had read and, and had attended all sorts of meetups and, and read in the department of agriculture's um, literature. And, and um, I sort of jumped onto the hemp bandwagon as so many people in Colorado and in the West did during that time period. So there were a lot of us with, a, with very little experience who went into it. And uh, surprisingly, that wasn't one of the pitfalls because uh, I ended up going into the post-harvest processing. Bit. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. business, which is drying, bucking, trimming, hemp plants, Um, and the farm where we had our processing plant had grown 10 beautiful acres of hemp, and we had a beautiful uh, post-harvest processing system set up, and we came out with a great product in November of that year. And of course, as many of your listeners will remember, the price went to almost zero for smokable flour, which was $350 a pound the year before, and it was down to practically zero. Wow. The price, for hemp bio, price for hemp biomass, which had been $60 to $80 a pound the year before, went down to about $2 a pound. So that was a function of people like me growing and processing in Colorado, in Oregon, Washington, you know, many other states. And there was a massive oversupply of biomass and flour, and the market collapsed.
1: And it still collapsed. It absolutely did. I want to ask now, it was the year before, in 2018, before you got into this uh, venture, that you had actually written already another book, and also another the national bestseller, The Long Haul, A Trucker's Tales. The Trucker's Tales of Long of Life on the Road, which is available on Amazon and all the other major bookstores. But the one thing was that you decided to go and put this book together, and then there's something about that after you encounter such an amazing experience, like you... Take a lot of time to detail the people that worked around you, the the things that happened to you, because on top of that, this book you wrote, it encompasses over how many years? Because it was a pretty quick turnaround of what you went through, and you had so much material to work on.
2: Yes, it was. It was an extremely short period of time. So I started in March of 2019, and then basically I shut the business down in December of 2020. So that's, let's call it a year and a half. Of an extremely short period of time. And that's an indicator of how quickly the, the hemp boom started and how quickly it fizzled out.
1: Right. And I can only imagine how many business owners and how many people that are looking to be entrepreneurs that might want to jump into the space because it's a great testament to say, I mean, overcoming insurmountable odds to be able to go ahead and get the business up Putting what is is your collateral, because I don't think, I don't know if you had any investment money or anybody that was, you know, contributing into what you were doing in this venture, but this was you, you put it in there, you put a great effort in place and it was only going to be so long. I mean, there's, you know, you can put in there, but if you don't have, there's only so much cushion you can have. But then with something like what we deal with that by 2020 and and dealing with that, I mean, you were just one of many companies that it was going to be tough to get this all the way through, but I mean- you had an obstacle, a roadblock that was almost impossible to overcome.
2: Yes, and you know I'm not giving away
1: the book here by saying we didn't over we didn't overcome it. <laughs> right. No, but I mean that. But that's the thing: there are companies and there are people. They're going to read this book. They're going to want to understand. You know, you went through it, and then it's like this is you know a learning lesson. People are going to get a chance to go ahead and learn about what you did with this business, and even though you might have done a lot of things absolutely right, that. Even at the end of the day, you still might not make it through. Right. It is so
2: within buried within the within the narrative of the book, it's it's an entrepreneurial story. It's a story also about um, the nuts and bolts of of growing and processing hemp. Well, one of the things you know, you could have gone to meet up seven nights a week in Colorado back at the, at that time, and you would you could hear marketing consultants. You could hear. Hedge fund people, you could you could talk to the CDA, and then the governor had its own uh, uh, hemp initiative. I mean, there was you know a massive interest in in all of this, but what was lacking was any idea, any financial idea of what it actually would cost to plant an acre of hemp and then process it into a sellable product. That information wasn't anywhere, and so all of us jumped in with two feet, listening to the cheerleading and, uh, didn't have a full idea of, uh, of the financial ramifications. And me personally, I should have known better. Um, so I'm, you know, this is, it is a, it is a comedy sort of book. It's, I call it a tragic comedy because it is a litany of mistakes that I had, I made as a business owner and as a, as a grower and as a processor. Um, I'm not bitter about any of that. Right. Um, but I did take a bunch of life lessons, and it was certainly all of my own money that I lost. But there were two thousand five hundred and fifty four hemp registrations in Colorado that year. And that doesn't include how many other ancillary businesses were started in um uh, you know, in processing, in extraction, in marketing, um. Uh, you know, the CBD products, everything. I mean, we're talking about probably 10,000 different companies that were started in that 18-month period.
1: And if there's five that are still alive, I'd be surprised. No, and right now, it's still uh, a lot of suffering right now because uh, for the fact is right now that the the Colorado and the industry there, they're hitting a full bone recession now. And you're going to still see other companies getting picked off that just cannot survive. It's just... But this is an important story for everyone out there, especially in this. I mean, the timing couldn't have been better. Right now, we're dealing with a recession. We probably have a recession. We have inflation that's all here. And people are in, in really tough economic straits. And you're one of the first people that can give a very fresh account of what that feels like. That's important for the people out there. And, it, and it's great that you have this chance to be at the show coming up. To go ahead and talk about, introduce people to the book. It's coming out June 6th. You can pre-order now all major bookstores, and at the show, I know you're going to be speaking on Thursday, uh, the 30th of March, and you'll be with several other authors getting a chance to go ahead and introduce people to go what you've been doing, you know, other, other farmers' accounts and other people that are running farms and just knowing, you know, what they're going to be going through, and I can imagine they're going to have their own similar stories on trying to be able to keep things up, keep the lights on, and go forward, but the one thing is I commend to the fact you were able to go and put this together. So quickly, by the way, I mean, that was pretty fast that you got this book together and now you can put this out there. So let me give you that chance to go and do that. Tell me where people can go and continue to keep in touch with you besides the show and where they can go and get the book and why they should mm. get the book. Yeah. So um, and thank you for that compliment. I did put the book together very
2: quickly and it was easy because everything was super fresh in my mind right. about what had happened. And I did have the, I was fortunate in that I had written a previous book before. And so there's this vacuum about the experience of the farmers and processors when the hemp boom went bust. There's, you still, you're going to go to NOCO and you're not, you're still not going to hear about this because people don't want to talk about it. But um, I thought it was a story that needed to be told and it hasn't been told yet as far as I've been able to see. And it certainly hasn't been told, um, you know, by an established writer with a major publisher like WW Nort. Uh, so that's uh, that's what I'm hoping to get out there for those farmers and processors, you know, to see, you know, what the other side of this looks like. And you can always find uh, information about me is uh, i have finmurphy.net. Um that's my website and there's a bunch of stuff on the book about there, there's a video and other things. And of course the book will be available uh, at all the booksellers, most uh, all the independent booksellers, all the big booksellers and also on audio.
1: Nice. Thank you for putting on on, on all your That's wonderful. So uh, the book's going to be available again June 6th, but first get a little preview of what, what it's like and go meet Finn at no Expo, Thursday the 30th, 3.30 p.m. That's uh, when you're going to be able to go meet him and other authors at the Meet the Authors panel going on at no Expo. Finn, thanks for being on with us. I really appreciate you taking time out. Thank you very much, and thanks to Cannabis Radio.